This episode is sponsored by Gorgeous. Gorgeous is the number one e-commerce help desk that lets you manage and respond to messages from your site, social, email, and SMS all in one platform. They have built-in automations to handle common queries like order tracking and save your team time and money. Get a free month by clicking the link in the description and elevate your customer experience today. You're listening to the Agency X Podcast. I'm your host, John Sertakowski, founder and CEO at Avex, a New York City-based e-commerce agency for high-growth D2C brands. As always, I'm joined by our e-commerce strategist, David Anzalone. Our goal is to provide some insight into e-commerce, technology, design, and everything in between. Let us know what you think of today's episode and make sure to visit our website, avexdesigns.com. Excellent. How's it going today? Today we're talking about content in e-commerce. How's it going, David? Uh, pretty good. Um, excited to talk about the thing that comes up in every single episode we've ever recorded to the point where I'm surprised we've never recorded a dedicated episode about it. That is true. I'm very surprised and I'm glad you came up with the idea. <laughs> uh, I was looking back on that. I actually posted it on LinkedIn, a podcast we did with uh, Lucas from Gorgeous and uh, in person at the office, which was uh, interesting. It just feels like it's been so long since we've sat face to face with either with you or with other um, partners in, in, with, with, with the podcast. So it feels, it felt um, nostalgic. And yep. now we're back to doing virtual. It, it feels uh, so nice fine. knowing though that we, we kind of got on the podcast trend before a lot of other people did not saying we use that in any way or, or <laughs> popped off more, but I notice a lot of e-commerce podcasts have appeared and a lot of it's great content from uh, like Jay from Bold Commerce. He has his own mm -hmm. podcast now and he's interviewing some amazing guests. So just oh, want yeah, to give a quick shout out to that. And, you know, it's definitely a great thing to have. It's just kind of uh, personally fun knowing that we had one way before COVID, uh, okay. but there are, people who have, there are people who have started them during COVID who have definitely recorded more episodes than we have. And of course, there are those that have been doing it for the last decade or yeah. more. Yeah, um, but yeah, we kind of started it late last year. And now with COVID, it's it's great that we, we did start it then because we have this platform to be able to communicate with uh, other partners and, and our customers and just the industry in general. So I'm glad we have this opportunity. Uh, today, we're talking about content, on specifically on e-commerce. And uh, like I said, we have three examples of some really cool brands uh, that stood out that are really doing content well and wanted to talk about them at some point. Uh, so where do we want to kind of start this conversation when it comes to content? So I think it'd be first really good for us to kind of define in a way what we mean by content, because it's something that you hear everywhere and has so many different meanings to it because content can be social content uh, things mm -hmm. on your site and it's a lot of things that people don't realize have a huge impact on not only your brand but also your web design i mean your content really dictates what your website looks like and what message gets a gets across sometimes we work with clients who will want a new website and then afterwards figure out new content but that's you know, that doesn't work. You need to have content in order to enforce what the web design is going to be. So I think starting there would be a really great point going over how it's not just imagery or product imagery, it's text and lifestyle content and a whole bunch of other things. So why don't we start there? Sure. So on-site content? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of uh, that's kind of go with that. Uh, that's sort of the content that we really focus on at Avex here. Yeah, so that that's something that is tough, especially when for an agency, right? Uh, when the brand is creating content uh, or a third party is creating content, we have less control over it. But there have been cases where we've done content for our, our merchants uh, and we've did a full shoot, whether it's product photography and lifestyle photography. Uh, I think there needs to be a really good balance between, you know, product photos that are just showcasing the product and lifestyle photos that kind of talk to the lifestyle of the brand. Uh, those are things that are going to kind of resonate with the customer. And then we have UGC. So let's kind of start with um, lifestyle photography. Um, when we're going through our process, it, it's ideal to have that content available at the start. Uh, one thing that's happened many times in the past is that we will do user experience design, we'll do the mock-ups, we'll code the site even, and then we put the new content in there after using placeholders and it doesn't flow the same and we end up having to do changes. Uh, so content, in most, in most sites that you see out there, the content is really what is showcasing the um, the site. Uh, so one of the websites that we we did in the past, and maybe we'll show that example in a bit, uh, was for O'Neill Surfing Company, where we did the user experience design, but we didn't do the content. And it came out great. Uh, the site is so minimal, and the imagery is so big that you don't really see the UI as much, you know, it doesn't really have like so many of our newer brands that will come to us and say, well, we love O'Neill, we love O'Neill. And, you know, one of the first things I say is, well, look, O'Neill has amazing content. The content is just, you know, people surfing and like water and surfboards. And, you know, if you have, if you don't have content that's going to look like that, the, the there's nothing that design is going to do. Right, so the content is is the, the most important thing on the site. Of course, a site needs to be usable. I think that's a no brainer. Um, but what's difficult is that content could be really expensive. Of course, there's there's inexpensive ways to be able to shoot content. But when you're really when you're a high growth brand or you're a legacy brand that you know it's a larger company, you have to be able to make that investment into content and really work with great photographers uh, who are going to. Uh, shoot content that's on brand. So I think the most important thing for on-site content when it comes to lifestyle photography is that it's on brand. It speaks to your customers. It has that that feel, that vibe, the aesthetic that you, that your brand goes for. And I think the three companies that we're going, going to go through today all do that very well. Um, it's just giving more of a, um, a kind of like a brand I don't want to say voice because that's that's through the copy and we'll definitely get to copy, but it's giving the the brand a little bit more of um, uh, just a feeling of of uh, of of that lifestyle that they're that that they're putting out there. Um, so I think it's extremely important to focus on content, especially um, especially lifestyle content. That I very much agree with. Uh, lifestyle content is really important because it makes content useful not just well produced and to go over i've brought this up before on the agency x podcast but content has to be two things it has to be well produced to a point and it has to be usable content is usable when it makes a brand's target audience believe that a product is for them and will satisfy the needs they have for it so lifestyle photography is great because 
if you have a pizza brand, let's say, and you're trying to attract a certain demographic, let's say you wanted to get college kids, you'd want to have photography of the college kids eating that pizza versus mm -hmm. families or couples. It's all about framing it towards what the brand message and mission statement is. And those all have to be compatible. If your mission statement is about making a product that serves uh, all people and your content is very specific to only certain types of people or only certain situations, it's going to have a little bit of a disconnect. So everything from the copy to the imagery needs to be specific, which is why copy is also content. You need to make sure that you have your you know, if you're, if, if whether you're doing the copywriting or you're hiring a UX copywriter to do it for you, you got to make sure that what's being said is not only on brand, but actually uh, touches on the points for what users care about a product or service. Copy's not as sexy as product imagery or lifestyle imagery, but it's, it's really just as important, especially on mobile where there's less visual real estate and people are more likely to really just want information. Yeah, uh, copy is, well, copywriting is a learnable and very important skill set. Uh, because if you could write copy, you could sell and you can market. Uh, you could have the best targeting in the world with your ads. You could have the nicest looking website and, and great photography and things like that. But the copy is what's going to speak to your audience. And especially when it comes to marketing and email marketing and running ads, you, having great copy is, is the most important thing. Um, and you know, that falls under content, of course. So when I say content is the most important copy is part of that. Uh, so you're right. It has to be on brand and it has to spark that emotion. You know, you need to be able to, uh, read it. And we're not talking about sales copy where it's just trying to sell, but but copy that's going to be on brand, copy that is going to spark an emotion and it's going to make people, it's, it's, it's going to support the buying journey. It's not gonna make someone buy something. You know, No matter what it says, it's probably not going to um, convert a sale. Uh, unless it's, it must be some really great copy, but it needs to be something that's on brand, especially when we're talking about like product descriptions. I think product descriptions need to be very detailed. They need to be on brand. Uh, most importantly, they need to be um, uh, descriptive of the product. Uh, and also there's the SEO component to content because a, a well-designed site, a beautiful site isn't gonna help with SEO. Of course, if it's coded properly and it's using the right tags and things like that, that's gonna help with SEO. But the content is the most important thing when it comes to like Google search results, that, that's what Google's scanning. You know, it's not scanning how well the site is designed, it's scanning how well the copy is written and how informative it is and how, how um, much it relates to the subject matter. Uh, so you need to have your keywords in there, but not overstuffed and it still needs to flow well. So it's kind of like when you come to copy, it's kind of like an art form. And especially in email marketing, like we do all of Hugo Boss's um, uh, email marketing, uh, copy and design and development for their, their emails that go out. And copy is extremely important there because we're trying to spark some sort of emotion. It has to be on brand for a brand that's been around for quite a long time. Uh, so that is something that is extremely important to email marketing, especially fashion brands, lifestyle brands who are trying to attract a certain type of customer uh, or have 
loyal customers. Uh, so you need to make sure that you're on brand. You need to make sure that it's it's going to spark that emotion and and um, you really resonate with the uh, with the customer. Sure. And sometimes you'll be if you're a founder. Sometimes you'll be fortunate enough to have that eye for content. There is plenty of people who have shot content themselves in the early days of their brand because they had an eye or affinity for it. So their content yeah. have to be very well because they either came from a creative space previously or it's just something that came natural to them, but not everyone's going to be like that. So in those cases, you know, you may want to consider hiring people to do copywriting or to take photography, which of course, like you said, John, has a larger cost associated with it. Mm -hmm. So my take on that, and then, I'll, and then I'll get yours as far as when and where to invest in content. But if you have to take, if you have to shoot content yourself or you have to write it yourself and you know, you don't have a lot of capital to get someone external to do it. The biggest thing I could say to that is to try to keep it simple and for it to be consistent. If you can only take photography of uh, product imagery, but you can't take lifestyle imagery and you really are in a position to do that. At that point, I wouldn't even try to take it. If you can't make something at least passable, you may not want to have it there at all if it's going to be dark and blurry and if it's not going to be representative at Agreed. all. It's it's better to, if you're going to be uh, decent. I guess that's the best way to look at it. If you're going to be decent or adequate, you might as well reach that same level of adequacy consistently, have it all be you know, one level of quality. And on that note of consistency, if you're shooting product photography, make sure you're all shooting it with the same level of lighting, with the same angle, same background relative to what the product is, because that consistency, regardless if your product photos aren't the best in the world, it's going to make you look a lot more legitimate than you, you might think that if every product photo was taken under different conditions at different angles, people really look for that consistency as a kind of whole larger brand image. So that's sort of my take on do-it-yourself content. But John, what point do you think a brand should start considering You know, when and where to invest their money to actually get professional content made? Yeah, it's definitely going to depend on the brand. And I think if we're talking about startup brands, right? your content could be the most important part depending on what you're selling, right? So you may want to make that investment there. In fact, if you're, a look, if you're a startup, you're better off investing in content than you are a custom site. You can use an out-of-the-box yeah, Shopify Plus theme, right? And let's just say if you were going to get a custom site, it could range anywhere between forty dollars and $200,000 depending on who you go with and who's coding it and what, what, what the setup is like and what you need. If you use an out-of-box Shopify theme and you pay someone to set it up for you, you know this is this would be counterintuitive to what our service is. But uh, if you buy an out-of-the-box theme and set it up yourself, or hire a freelancer to set it up, it may only cost you a couple hundred, couple thousand bucks to get that launched. And if you would have taken ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and that would be a good budget for content, you could get all of your product photography and your lifestyle content shot professionally, even less. I mean, even if you're going for, um, if you're, you know, really trying to save on budget, you can get a, um, a, someone who's looking to build a portfolio, a photographer to help out with that. So that's for startups. I would definitely recommend. Now, if we're talking about high growth brands, brands that are 
you know, larger, they need to be putting money into content. They have the funds to be able to do it. And they are, you know, they're the ones that are producing some really great content. Uh, and I think across the board, when it comes to, um, when it comes to onsite lifestyle content, product photography, especially product photography with like video and close-ups and all different angles, that's extremely important uh, to invest in that. Because when I see a product and even huge, very large brands, even some of the brands that we've worked with, um, they will have a, a shirt and it'll just be the front, right? Or maybe the back. Uh, and then there's other brands where they have the front, the back, the collar, the sleeve, the stitching, the tag, you know? So it's like, it's going to help you make a decision when you're buying that product, you're seeing all angles of it instead of just being like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna fit. Um, and also seeing it on the model, having the description of the model in there and having video, those are all important things uh, for content on site. And then of course there's social media content. Um, big believer in, in, in user generated content and how much you could get from users could really save you a lot of money because if they're producing that content for you and they love your product and they're, they're brand loyalists, that's something you could put on your site and make use of that content as well. So there's a lot of different ways to be able to utilize content out there without having to produce it so often. Um, but if you're a lifestyle brand, chances are, you know, this, especially if you're a larger brand and you're growing and you know, it's part of your, your yearly budget to invest in content. Um, but it's not something that you should try to skimp on uh, as you're a growing brand. Yeah. And, I mean, and for startup brands too. Well, let's say you're like a peanut butter brand. Sure. Lifestyle imagery doesn't necessarily mean a picture of people eating that peanut butter. It certainly can. But you can definitely get very creative with it where you have peanut butter, the, the, the jar of peanut butter in a colored background. You might mm -hmm. have some explosive, not explosive, you might have some really decorative elements in the background that are very stylistic. You might have, you know, it overflowing on the side and there's like a spoon in it and like the whole message is, you know, uh, eat it straight from the jar. Like there's ways of mm -hmm. getting very stylistic and very creative with that, I noticed that's a great direction that a lot of products that don't really need as much lifestyle photos like, uh, you know, consumable products like bars or, you know, uh, nut butters, uh, you kind of can get a little bit more stylistic with that. Or sometimes you may take the more minimal uh, avant-garde approach that uh, House, for example, takes or or Swoo, I think Swoon is what it's called. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this very like stylized uh, art deco-ish, uh, not the right word, but it, it's, you know. Kind of like a vintage vibe a little vintage, bit. Vintage, that's, that's the right yeah. word, yeah. Yeah, um, and that's that's brand, right? That's brand, that's uh, it when you're- It has to make sense for your brand, yeah. It has to make sense for your brand. And, and that's something that's, and it's hard to stay consistent with your content. Uh, you know, maybe it's using the same photographer, you know, or, or having some sort of brand guide content strategy that's extremely important to be able to have something to go off of to make sure that you're staying consistent um so quality photography both for product and lifestyle stay consistent and great copywriting uh all things that you could do affordably if you're a startup but of course high growth brands larger brands that we've worked with they know this already uh and they're they're making that investment there because uh, it's extremely important especially for lifestyle brands Yes. The one thing I will say before we then get into our brand examples is where content and web development need a little bit more collaboration are especially for pages like the homepage where you have hero banners and other mm -hmm. larger, wider content content sections where, 
of course, the days of old where you could just embed the text in the image are gone, both for style reasons and also for accessibility. In that case, you need to be very careful about what lifestyle imagery you're using for those banners based on where text is placed. And sometimes mm -hmm. many brands, they shoot content especially just for the homepage on their website or for the banner modules in general, because you have a lifestyle photo where everything's going on in one section, but like right here is left intentionally empty for text. And you kind of got to know what the text modules on, you know, a homepage banner are, where, you know, where they appear, how often they appear, where's the CTA button going to show up? Because from there, then you can perhaps, from there, perhaps you can, you know, create new content for that. And sometimes not 100% of content needs to be finished yeah. for a website, but you need the majority of it. And then from there, you can, you know, take more. The worst thing you can have is a really great lifestyle photo or if all your lifestyle photos can't work as banners because there's just not enough space for the actual text mm -hmm. to go there. And not every lifestyle image is going to work in that case. So in those cases where web elements actually interact with the creative itself, then that's when you need a little bit more collaboration on web design and content creation. But for the most part, content creation should precede web development. At least I think we're, we're aligned on yeah. Opinion, well, but... custom web development, you definitely still need a website that yes. is well optimized and has a great user experience. Hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. When I say proceed, I mean, uh, if you have no content, you shouldn't have a website. Uh, I think that's a I think that's kind that's of a, a good, given. That's a given. <laughs> um, great. So and now that you bring it up that embedding like text on images, I think one or two, maybe that's eh, probably this first example actually does that. So that's a big no, no. So let me want to tell them I mean, about it. Ultimately it ha like it happens and you know, I know why it happens. We could oh, talk about why it happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, for anyone listening to this uh, on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this podcast, uh, we'll do our best to try to be descriptive so that you can follow along. Uh, but you know, we'll clearly say the name of every website, uh, we're talking about so that if while listening to this, you want to go down there too and follow along, uh, you absolutely can. For anyone who's watching this, uh, you don't have such problems, so you can disregard that. Uh, <laughs> but first, we're looking at uh, Thread Wallets. Thread Wallets, yeah. This is uh, a brand I've been following for a while, and they have a really great product. It's really interesting. Uh, it's different. It is the name of the company properly describes what they sell and they sell threaded wallets, right? Um, and other things like that. And I, I think they do a really good job of clearly showing their product. You know, they're not trying to overly push some sort of lifestyle and make it seem like these are things that you would do with your thread wallet, right? Um, some of the other examples are a little bit more uh, I don't know what the word is, but a little bit more um, not realistic when it comes to what people would do. And I think those are the fashion brands we may look at. But Threadwallet is right to the point. Um, one thing I would call out here is that it looks like they are using or embedding text on the image, which is not great to do for SEO. Could definitely update the site to have CMS controls in the back end to be able to utilize uh, and and. But I understand they probably didn't have these controls on the website, so they embedded on the image just because it's easier. Um, but what platform not is Thread Wallets on? Are they on Shopify? Um, that's a good question. I would I would think that they are. Uh, they're using 
Clevio and Hotjar using all the using all the good tools. So all the good so tools, good so and far. yes, they are yeah, on Shopify. On, I would Shop have to assume Shop. Oh yeah, they are. So they're on Shopify Plus. Let's. So for any merchants on uh, on Shopify, uh, anything we talk about might have relevance to you there. I think all the sites we're looking at today are most yeah, likely yeah, Shopify. I mean, what I like is that it it you're correct in that it it does show very real examples um, uh, about the like the actual use of it, and I like mm -hmm. how it. One thing I do like and might slightly contradict what I said earlier, but I like how not not vague. It's it's vague on the specific people using it, but I'll, what I do notice is, and I get a clear message across, is that this wallet is for people on the go and in not rough conditions, but definitely for people on the move and in a little bit more rustic environments. Maybe that's just the campaign they're pushing right now, but that's off the cuff what I'm taking away from this. Yeah, I would say, so I have a similar type of wallet. It's actually right here. So it's a thin type of wallet. It's not a thread wallet. I think it's it's Stella McCartney. I think it is. My, my, my wife got it for me. So it's like vegan leather, but it's, it's nice. It's thin. Uh, and I think that's what, you know, people aren't looking for giant billfolds. They do have some billfolds here, but they're not like big thick wallets. So it's something a little bit more minimal, but they do have like some pretty cool colors and things like that. And I know, I think this crossbody bag is a new product for them. I saw them, I think they announced that. And this is something a little bit new and a departure from, it fits in with the product line, but it's still a departure from some of these other products. And I do like them. I I do think that there's a little bit of too much going on here, although the, the photography is good. I think there might be a little bit too too many options here, like trying like to merchandise the, yeah. the homepage too much. I feel like the text pop-ups a little much. That, you know, if, if I had to really nitpick it there, though, and I think what we should do is we should look on this both in desktop and mobile, because if I had to guess, many of the brands we're looking at probably serve a little bit more mobile customers than they do desktop. Based yeah, on just, and yeah. You could break this down, right? Because if someone comes to the site, they most likely, they're looking for a wallet, right? Do they know if they want a vertical or elastic or billfold? I would say what I would do here is have wallets, bags, accessories, or wallet bags, you know, holders or something like that. Like break it into three because Phone cases, lip balm holders, and lanyards go in one category, uh, or even lanyards could be separate. And then wallets, these three can be combined, and then bags could be separate. So this way you have three. And I'm a big believer in having as few options as possible because when it comes to user experience, you the user will end up making a, if they have too many decisions, they might not make any decisions. If they have three it's more likely that they're going to make one and then go in. And then, you know, once you go into here is where you can start sorting um, and start checking out some of these, these products. Another thing I noticed on their site, product photography looks, looks great. Um, I think it looks really good. It's good quality. Um, they do have a lot of um, social media content here and the social media content looks even better than their, um, so they are making use of UGC, but their social media content looks like even better than the, the lifestyle photography that that they have on on their site. Um, so it's good that they're making use of these. Uh, I, I it would be great if they're also doing it on the uh, product pages uh, if they're making use of this. Ooh, this is a this is a, a really good. No, I don't think they are using UGC on there. No, and my be. my one take on 
these social. So my one take on a lot of these Instagram apps that are on the homepage, I really think they shouldn't be at the bottom of the page. The reason being is because these Instagram apps generally take a lot of uh, a lot of the site speed just by they the do. nature of what they are. And there's not mm -hmm. much you can do about that. Like we we have clients who tell us that their site is slow. One of the things we noticed that the Instagram app on the homepage is contributing yeah. the most to that load. And when you put it at the bottom of the page, you know, uh, we've looked at heat maps from dozens of different sites and in all of them, less than 20% ever make it to the footer. Yeah. So yeah. you have a, you have a feature on your homepage that less than 20% of people see, but is contributing the most to your page load. You either want to remove it or in their case, Red Wallets, they have amazing content. So they'd want to leverage this. Mm -hmm. Number one, maybe not have this many Instagram, like maybe just have like a carousel of the most recent ones. I don't need to see um, all of these things. Though I will them, say yeah. if, I, if I had to guess, I would guess they're using InstaFeed only because of the hashtag up there. What InstaFeed lets you do is it lets you organize which images you display mm -hmm based on a hashtag and InstaFeed Pro lets you do that, which gives you a lot of control over the the social content you're showing. It's a great app. We use it a lot. I would, I, I'm guessing they use this. I yeah. can't really verify my, that. My opinion on this too is that, yeah, if it's decreasing your load time, you may want to look at that. Two, I, I, I mean, you do have the shop to look here, which it does. Um, which is cool. It's actually, when I click on it, it's not really going to the photo that I clicked on. So, well, you could do shop the look, which could, but I would do a heat map test if that's something that is actually um, uh, working and converting. If it's not, you're better off using it on the product pages. They're interested in this product. Let me see, let me see a couple of Instagram photos for this product of people using it. That might, you know, make them add it to cart. So, um, you know, kudos to Thread Wallets for having some really good lifestyle photography use of UGC. I'd love to see it on the on the yeah. product pages to help convert. And really good product photos. What I love is how yeah. above the fold everything is too. By just scrolling up to the top, you you get the basics of what you need. You get the other photos. You get the uh, free shipping. You get like a free shipping CTA. You get the product details. And if you want to open a description, you. You can. Um, it's cool. They have the upsells here, and they have the uh, they have the free shipping minimum uh, bar. That's mm -hmm. really effective. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say that the upsells look to be dynamic too, which is great. Not sure what's powering that. Could be could be rebuy or could be something equivalent. Yeah. Uh, no, this is good. This is good, really good upsells here. Um, I like it. They're doing really well. Uh, Keep had, going. Actually, it has the shipping. It has the shipping also set out through it there too, which is really great. Um, another thing too, and do you mind going back to the homepage? To one point, I want to make that illustrates something you said that I think is great about this section. You can go back to the a little up to that section that you were saying you'd only have three. Mm -hmm. One of the things that what everything we're saying here about what we think that a brand should do, in theory, if we were working with this brand. We wouldn't simply just based on our own opinion saying, yeah, get rid of all these modules, just make it three. That's what A-B testing is really great yeah. for using uh, WWO, OptiMeasly, Dynamic Yield, whatever the tool is. Nice you know, we would, we would test um, saying, hey, let's try it with three rows or not three. But let's try it with a row of just three mm -hmm. items of having just wallets, bags, accessories, whatever the categories are. And then you have a control 
which is the original. So it's called bivariate testing, where you have a variable tested against the control. You see what then performs better. And usually these tools will tell you what the winner is based on whatever condition uh, you set it to, which in most cases are going to be conversions. Yeah. That's going to be what showing the winner. But everything you're saying and everything that we recommend, one, going over these, we would test it. We'd have to because yeah, of course. it's our... Everyone has their own opinion and no one is really an expert on what users are going to do on every site because customers are not the same. On every single brand we're going to look at today, there's how those customers shop and what they care about are not going to be what the others care about. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, today we're just using these as examples, but you're 100% right. We yeah, wouldn't just... You know, we, we'd have some recommendations, but especially with a brand that's established like this, we'd want to make sure that you know, you're testing things. Um, so another yep, brand sure. that I wanted to talk a little bit about is uh, Loci, which they sell um, balance beads, balance bracelets, uh, and you know, they're doing some big things. I'm sure you've heard of them. Um, they got a Disney. That's, that's big. Yeah, they, they got a, a pretty, licensing thing from Disney. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And they have some great content here, right? This is shot really well beautiful use of content, even like the copywriting, like Very water large, from yeah. Mount, Everest, Mount Everest, mud from the Dead Sea. Really interesting about how they include that in their product. And it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Right away, water from Mount Everest, mud from the Dead Sea. That shows that these products, there's, there's a few things I, I get from this. Number one, their products are very close to nature and natural, uh, natural like, uh, ingredients or mm -hmm. uh, sourcing and and two i bet that's a big part of their miss message is being environmentally sustainable and caring about ecology and it right there you have this sustainability element but i even though a user users are not going to be overthinking and analyzing a, a website as much as we are right now but even uh even you know unconsciously there they might have in their heads they might get a picture of what this brand is about and what they feel for and sometimes even if you can't articulate into words what you feel about a brand or why you feel that way you feel it and that's really mm -hmm. goes back to what you said earlier which is it's an emotional experience right now i perfectly understand what these guys are about just from that one line and even just a yeah. few modules underneath it i think their branding is amazing uh, uh, even though it's so simple like it's actually yeah. really simple but it it it's effective like i get it very effective. And it's interesting that they, the, the main call to action here is our, our story instead mm -hmm. of like a product. And once again, once you start learning more about the brand, we have some, you know, engaging video here of where they great, source yeah. it. Um, you know, really great, more video scrolling through, you know, very, they, they put a lot into the content here. Um, and they're able to, um, history, yeah. Yeah. The history here. And then, you know, more it does pro get into it has a has a purpose, but I think what they what these guys understand, which is great, is that customers are rarely going to buy from a brand upon first point of contact. They say it takes twelve to fourteen mm -hmm. digital touch points before a person is ready to make a purchase. That's general. Uh, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. If you're depending on the cost of your product, in this case, the cost is thirty five dollars, uh, thirty six dollars a bracelet. I don't know how their product price varies from their other other selection but in general you know if for a bracelet like that and to know understand like do i want to buy this it's about the mission 
I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people that not only for the look, they're also buying for the mission. And it's a story that they themselves can tell because of, you know, they have the bracelet and someone brings it up and is like, hey, that's a really nice bracelet. And the person can say, yeah, it's from Loki. They have this really great mission. Their products are made from, you know, uh, these kinds of ingredients. They have this whole sustainability thing going on. And that's really good word of mouth. When a person understands a story and they tell other people, they've now become unintentional brand ambassadors. And I think everyone in e-commerce, like marketing, business, they know that word of mouth is the most powerful selling tool. It mm -hmm. is the channel you also have no control. You have almost no control over how it happens or how or what people are saying, but it's the most powerful to convince others to make a purchase. And so yeah, I think all of this works together. And by looping people into the story first, I'd like to, I'd love to see through heat maps how much of the initial behavior is through the R story than through just shop. And I'd also like to see how that behavior segments between first-time users and returning users to see if maybe first-time users are more likely to shop with the story. But it's crazy. We have all these thoughts and opinions about a site that really is just so, it's so simple. It almost uses yeah. more copy to tell its story than it does it's imagery. Good. And what I like about this is that this is, it is a product description, but it talks more about like brand and it yeah. talks, it's a little bit more. Um, like brand copy than it is like really descriptive. And then you have your details down here. A couple of smaller things that I would do, like it's interesting that they do the sizing like this. Like I like how it says usually fits adolescents and women within wrists or like um, fits larger wrists, things like that. It's nice. It's weird how they, how but, they make it replicate the. Yeah. What um, I would do, thing. what I would do is like there's space here. You could put this six, inch circumference oh, yeah, right could. here right next to it so you don't even need to go down here like maybe you did that and then you know you if you need more info about sizing it's here but like right next to it you know what? could help with conversions another thing is like the reviews it's like a little weird here like you you could open up the reviews and see a Thanks. few of them but then you know like i would almost just have it just jump like i would almost say let's get them right down there by doing that well you know? it's it's tough to say i see okay i'm i'm kind of mixed on that because it, in theory i love the idea of being able to see reviews really quickly without having to jump down i mean mm -hmm. i'm not the kind of person that i uh, i don't think I, i'm not like a I'm not very finicky or like tough to please. It's not going to disrupt my buying journey if I have That's to true. scroll down to read a review. If I want a product, I want a product. The fact that I yeah. have to scroll down to read a review isn't going to make or break my uh, purchase decision. But I'm actually curious what the, if you go back to the product page, I'd like to see what it looks like on mobile because I'm wondering if maybe their choice to not include those uh, descriptors about the size is, is due to how it's scaling on mobile. Because sometimes a lot of decisions that are made are done for the purpose of responsiveness. Now, Etsy, for, but even there, I could even, I could see you being able to fit that stuff underneath. Actually, yeah. you'd want to because look how much copy there is between mm -hmm. uh, the other product details. Yeah, uh, I, I would say but they are yeah. they they are using user generated content, which is good as far as reviews. Yes. Um, I Two things I'd like to see. I think you could tweak this product I mean, we don't have to get into conversion rates too much. This is about content, but <laughs> yeah. um, there's a couple conversion rate things that you could do here. And, um, but they are making good use of content. Um, yeah, a couple tweaks I would make, but really good work on their end. Um, anything else I mean, to add to this, David, before we move uh, on? 
I, I will say just the general takeaway, just looking at that PD, PDP on mobile is what I will say is I think that the way that this is formatted on desktop is perfect. Mm -hmm. Maybe try to condense that copy under a uh, under an accordion when it goes to mobile because there is so much copy between mm -hmm. the side. It's there's so much copy between uh, the between the the other details below it to the point where you know, it's just, it's overwhelming. I'd like the mm -hmm. ability to just condense it and then read this other stuff, especially when it comes to the sizing. So I would say they got a great desktop site from what I've seen. Their mobile site could be a little bit improved, but again, it's just ways of optimizing it. I don't think there's anything I'm seeing that would keep me from making a purchase if I really wanted it. That That's, yeah. you know. Agreed, agreed. Uh, but good work. Okay. Um, you made the list. Um, next, uh, Thrills. I really, really like um, this brand. Uh, I like the content that they're putting out a lot. Uh, they have some really great video content that I've seen online. Um, and it's, it's just like, it's a modern aesthetic with some throwback. It's, it has like a UK vibe to it a bit. Um, reminds me a little bit of a cooler All Saints, uh, but they're doing a really good job. I think this is like a Shopify theme that they're using, but that's the thing. The like I'm almost positive it's theme, on the but content. yeah, the th content is really great. And once again, like I mentioned with Threadwalls, right? These are realistic photos of someone like actually using the product. Thrills is a little bit different. They have this vibe. They have this lifestyle you want to go to. Most people don't get dressed up and lay on top of a, a Mustang or GTO. Um, so most people don't do that. <laughs> so this is a little bit different, um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's fashion. I mean, it's not accessories, it's fashion. So like they are doing something really cool. So I, I like this. They have a pretty big um, the, the product, product offering. category matters. What I'm curious is uh, the Byron Bay 16 degrees Celsius. Is that, is that like a dynamic feature that updates depending on the day it is? Or is that, in, is that like, I don't know what that there? is. I don't know why they have that there. <laughs> well, what I will say, uh, again, this is going based off my first impression. By having Byron Bay 16 degrees Celsius there, that might mean, is Byron Bay somewhere in the UK? Is this even a UK? I think, brand? no, I think this, this might Australian. be Australian. If I think maybe, it might be Australian. Maybe that's the point then. Maybe it's trying to uh, show, maybe it's trying to show it, its geographical founding. By you know having Byron Bay 60 degrees Celsius, that might kind of show that it's that where it's based is a very important aspect to it. I can say another mm -hmm. brand that's similar to that, uh, Lavello Elizabeth. Philadelphia is a huge part of their brand, and there's tons of brands where the where they come from, the geography of where they operate and where their customers are, are a big part of that brand story. Yeah. So is there like an about us section? I'm curious to see if what the Byron Bay connection is. See, but yeah, really great content on here. Once again, we see the social media down here, shop it, um, which is good. A little bit more minimal here. They have a, a few, they only have five of them. I think that's good. Um, is there an about? I'm sure. Oh, but I see right there. About. Thrills is a subculture driven lifestyle. It, it said like mm. Byron, I think, I think it was founded in Byron Bay. And so I think that's okay. a huge part. Yeah. So. 
America. Yeah, see, influenced by, you know, vintage aesthetics, underground music and art. And that really comes through. Uh, and they, I've seen this before. Like, they, they do a lot of things with, like, motorcycles and, like, like muscle cars, which I think is really cool. Um, so it's, like, has that vintage feel to it, you know, that has, like, this looks like a very 70s-ish throwback. Um, and they have a lot of, and they even have a life and, and culture section, which is, you know, kind of like the blog, but talks more about the, the culture, really great content here, but look, here's one of their stores and they have, you know, the, the, the motorcycle in the window, a really cool, like almost like rock and roll type brand, right? Like a throwback brand, but a little bit rock and roll. Yeah. It's um, like, it's like streetwear. I will say it's like streetwear meets rock and roll, which is something you generally don't see a lot, which is cool. Yeah. It helps differentiate them. And yeah, this is sort of and a look sustainable and feel from, too. This is sort of what you get from, I would say, like Kith or Undefeated or Stussy, where it's a look and feel that you can't fake. You can't. Mm-hmm. You you can't. Um, yeah. You can't fabricate this. You can try, but I feel like people these the cust. I feel like you know the the brand followers. They know when something is authentic and when it's not. And even though for me, like. I'll admit I'm out of my element here when it comes to fashion and streetwear brands. I personally don't get it because I'm, uh, you know, uh, if you can see what I'm wearing, I'm wearing like, I'm wearing like a blue hoodie that costs me like 12 <laughs> bucks and I'm wearing an undershirt. Like uh, I'm also home and haven't left home a, a lot, which I'm sure a lot of people are like that. So that's people could relate. Maybe not. Yeah, of course. And I was saying people can, people can relate, but you know, like honestly, the shirt, this shirt for that price point doesn't personally do it for me. There's people that I'm sure it would, but yeah, I'm sure it would. I mean, it depends, you know, once again, I think with, with a brand like this, like you're, you're not buying it just for a black t-shirt. It's not about, it's not about the product. It's about the brand. Yeah. Like this, this t-shirt Buck Mason, which is another brand that does content really well. Um, I really love them. They have a, a, a kind of like a similar type of vibe, but a little bit more, um, rustic almost like, um, but, this t-shirt i think it's like 30 bucks which some people would seem that's expensive some people prefer to buy yeah you know five ten dollar t-shirts and that's totally fine um but when you're buying a shirt like this like the cut on this shirt is definitely going to be different than a regular cut like a, t- a black t-shirt from like buck mason like this um and also it's also made of hemp hemp is not cheap hemp is pretty expensive yeah. Um, plus it's a lifestyle that you're buying into. So it's a little bit different. Uh, I would imagine that some of the other teas that they have might not be, especially the non hemp teas if they have them. So like you could see the hemp teas are clearly like $10 more at least like their organic cotton ones go down to 50. Um, so it, it depends, but they have a pretty large product offering, um, I like it. I think the content is great. I think these rollovers showing the front and back, they have a, a bunch of shots, uh, for the photos that you could see the different sections of it. Um, really good nice, job yeah. on the content. Yeah. Reviews for UGC. They're using Okendo. Good work. Um, I, I, I do like how they are using a pre-made theme. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but they're making really great use of the content. So Thrill's definitely killing it on this. Um, they thrilled it. I know we we're going to talk about three brands, but I'm just going to throw one more in there because we oh, mentioned them right. earlier. A bonus oh, one. Neil, yeah. I'm Neil. Um, they're, they're, they're a good example. So, yeah. So like th- we did the UX and UI for this, uh, their Shopify plus store, Not the um, development, keeps right? redirecting. No, we didn't do the development. We did the UX and UI. Um, <laughs> so this maybe and... somehow has it, maybe their website is in such a way where based on the preferences you've had before it like knows, yeah, I, I don't so. know. 
Yeah, because when you when I first go to it, it it takes me to a split screen, but that's fine. In the, and yeah, this in is the, the beginning, men's... the way it normally looks is that it has two sections, one on the left, one on the right, for men and women, and then from there, it almost feels like you're on an entirely different site, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So a lot of our newer clients do reference this. They're like, "Oh, I love what you did for Kith. This is great. I want this." But if you really look at this, like this content looks amazing, right? And yeah. You know the 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 site here is very minimal with this title a button. It's not too you know, and it has the O'Neill logo. What really makes this page and section on here is the photography. And then same thing down here, very clean, you know, white space, large imagery, but it's really focused on imagery. There's not a ton of text. There's these smaller sections here. Um, it it's very shoppable. It's still you know, really easy to get around. The UI UX is clean. Um, but the content and it, and, is, and it's consistent, you know, and it goes back to that consistent. point. If if you go back to the collection page really quickly, uh, you'll notice that every single, you know, piece of clothing on here are consistently shot in the same mm -hmm. frame, same lighting. Uh, obviously, you know, the the lifestyle angle might be like a little bit different. That's that's fine because they're all really well produced, but it's all consistent. It's all one, you know, message, uh, which is great i love actually I'm, i have not seen that the two side by side and then the um i i'm just thinking now yeah, i think they have different these, options right? <laughs> yes yeah, so, so i think they like, have different options some some product pages just have one like yeah, this yeah. and then some they're a lot they have like the the two at the top uh so we did a lot of different content types for them uh there was a lot of different a lot of different filtering very very custom uh and if you go to this site one day and then go to the site another day that the, they re-merchandise the content a lot that changes. Which is interesting. And they're using, this is mostly using Shogun, right? They, I, I believe they do use Shogun page builder. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, but that does give to turn them, the so content with types Shogun, on and off. But Shogun page builder is great is because you can use them for some of your core pages, even some of your product pages. So uh, for example, you, there might be a product page. If you wanted to make them look very different from your usual template, you can do that with Shogun. Mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, big fan of that. Big fan of that using that tool. We use it a lot. Um, yeah, but this yes, one, and again, it's it's here's the thing. There's there's no there's almost no web design in it. There there is, but the content is driving most of the user experience yeah. here. Yeah, um, but yeah, we had to design a lot of different content types that they turn on and off. Um, there's yeah. even more that we did here. Uh, that they did. So this is a you know a really fun site to be to to work on. Uh, we really liked working on it, but they clearly, I mean, they've been around for decades. They've a much larger company. Um, they're they're putting money into uh, content. Clearly, they're putting no, no, a ton sure. of money into content. Uh, and you could see a big difference between this and some of those sites. But like, even look at at Thrill site. They're using a pre made theme and they're getting away with it. And because uh, yeah. they have really good content. Yeah, sometimes custom built. So having a custom built site, I know this isn't what this episode is about, but sometimes you need a custom built site out of necessity if your product has mm -hmm. a lot of functionality related to it and how you purchase it or how you have to set it up. Other times it's to give you more control over the types of, over the, the ways that you show content on it. But as we kind of show with some of these through, um, is that if you have really good content, Sometimes a Shopify theme is enough, especially if you are a, you know, a smaller brand may not be the best word, but if you're not doing a certain dollar amount and it's yeah. not worth getting on plus and it's not worth getting a fully custom built 
site made. I mean, it's funny you say that because sure, it does contradict our core business model, but <laughs> that's fine. Whatever works yeah, for your brand. That's that's the thing. Like if you had if you have if you have fifty thousand dollars and you had to choose between, okay, I could get a fifty thousand dollars would probably get you like a theme build, right? Like a accelerated. Activation. Yeah, I guess it, it depends. It depends, depends on the agency. Depends on the scope of work. That's, it could that's range. True. It could be ranges. It depends on what you're prioritizing. Either way, let's say you had fifty. Let's say you had you know you had all your products, you had your business all set up, you did all that operational work. The only things you don't have are content or a website, and you have fifty thousand fifty thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. I would probably I, invest most of that into content. Yeah. Content and, and in marketing. You could yeah, easily invest easily. 5, 10, 15, 20 into content and then another 30 yeah. into marketing need, rather than putting that all into a website. And need, that's we advise our clients to do that. We advise a lot of clients to do that. You need Even to focus if, on acquisition and awareness yes. before you do any of that. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of our clients do come to us and they we we they have a good a decent budget, but we're like, look, if you're gonna max out your budget, why don't we just use a theme? We'll focus on optimizing it for conversions. We'll see the results. We'll work with you month to month to be able to help grow your sales, work with you on email marketing. You get more for your investment and then you can, you know, invest in that afterwards and for a custom site. Sure. Uh, but it depends on where, what stage you are. Um, a lot of the, the brands that we've been working with recently are more established brands. They're high growth brands or they're, they're legacy brands. So that usually doesn't come up as much, but yeah. we still have a handful of startups that we, that we still recommend that to. Sure. Um, uh, what I think is, this, I think this is really great. I think we should definitely do more examples of uh, reviewing things on a screen share like this. Sure. I feel like, especially for the people who watch this or watch clips of this, it's a really great way to kind of add a little more dynamic engagement into it. And for anyone listening, I, you know, you can play along, quote unquote, where you can look at the sites <laughs> too and have your own opinions. It, it's fun. It's fun to to be an expert and and nitpick sites but it's it's all in in good fun with with that i think um i think we'll kind of end that there but um i think this is really great talking about content it won't be the last time we talk about content that's for sure definitely but, not um no this is this was fun so uh, thanks for everyone uh tuning in and uh you know thanks for listening to this and hopefully you stick around for episodes to come thanks so much take care everyone